This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the inspirational, informational, and transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today, we have a special guest to discuss how he's helping veterans get started in aviation. But before we begin, we have a few announcements. Don't forget, if you have questions, comments, or inspirational stories, or other announcements, write us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Got a special story you want to share? You know, write us. Maybe you can become a guest on the podcast. You can actually click on a video we made, uh, How to Be a Guest. It actually walks you through. Uh, you can do it all on your own. You can schedule it, et cetera. Uh, but we do have a program coordinator that can help you out with that if you, uh, if you want to kind of work around a schedule there. But you can do everything on your own, and we would love to have you on just to talk about what you're doing in aviation and also to inspire others. Now remember, that's why this podcast is here, is also to inspire others to move forward in their career. Also at Aviation Curve Podcast, of course, we have the Scholarships Guide. Uh, we're so blessed that that's uh, been a great resource for everybody. It's growing every day. As a matter of fact, we have an announcement about a, a special scholarship. That's part of the podcast today, actually. Don't forget, too, if you donate money to the podcast for, it's called the Pay It Forward campaign, every $10 we raise in the Pay It Forward campaign, we give away a Scholarships Guide to somebody. Those Pay It Forward coupons, that's all the person has to do is put Pay It Forward as a coupon when they purchase the guide online and they get the free for a year year access to that scholarships guide we actually add scholarships all the time right now we have 36 new scholarships with four updates go check it out aerospacescholarships.com all right today uh we have a really special guest talking about scholarships and clayton horne he uh, is an army combat medevac a pilot with international corporate experience also uh his helicopter airplane cfi double i mei atp uh and he holds a bs in aerospace engineering from boston university welcome to the show clayton thank you so much carl happy to be here you know, Clayton, I think uh, this whole uh, website that you have called Stripes of Bars that we're talking about is really awesome. So I just want to get that out there. If you're listening right now and you're in front of your computer, go click on Stripes to Bars. If you see it in the show notes, go click there uh, and follow along with us. But uh, anyway, Clayton, take, tell us a little bit about your journey and, and how you actually got to this website and uh, mainly your, your journey to the flight deck. Absolutely. Um, So I was in ROTC for college and had always been focused on getting into aviation. Uh, Originally had thought a lot about uh, fixed wing and uh, the Air Force Academy, but then ended up changing as I started off my college career and being focused on helicopters. And so I graduated from college in 2002 and right after 9-11, basically a large shift in kind of the, the future of what my career would look like. And so immediately went into medevac operations for the Army and went to flight school, uh, ended up doing three deployments, um, two to Iraq and one to Afghanistan. And it was uh, obviously very difficult experience, but something I was extremely proud of. Um, And at the end of eight years of active service, I was ready to go look into the civilian world and start to look at some of the other avenues of aviation um, that were interesting to me and outside of my my current experience. And so uh, at that point, just basically started in uh, civilian flight training at a tiny little airport in North Carolina and just really enjoyed it. It was something new at that point um, and it was very challenging. So went through and did all of my uh, respective certificates, kind of spread it out over time while at that point in the North Carolina 
Army National Guard uh, in, in that location, basically serving North Carolina, doing a lot of different different uh, flight operations, um, in addition to doing some of the hurricane relief and other domestic operations that you get to do in the, the National Guard. Um, eventually, I got to the point that I had the certificates um, available to start looking at corporate flying, and so got a job with a great company based out of Raleigh and started flying the Eastern Seaboard and doing some uh, Caribbean and Canadian experience. And that was just, you know, mind blowing. It's neat in aviation that even if you've done something for a while, if you just branch out into something new, it's almost, you know, you get the same invigoration as if you're almost starting over again. And so that was really exciting and to gain that experience. Um, after doing that for a couple of years, my family moved out to Colorado, enjoyed the Colorado Guard, got to really expand the amount of domestic operations support we did, um, doing search and rescue operations, um, and a lot of other just uh, state support missions. Um, and at that point, did some flight instruction um, as kind of my full-time job. And it was, although I'd been a flight instructor, I'd always just kind of done it on the side for um, friends and acquaintances. Um, but at this point, it was a great way to kind of bridge the gap as I was looking for employment in Colorado. And so I was doing it full time at an um, awesome flight school called Aspen Flying Club um, based out of Centennial. And as I did that, they had a great website. And they advertised kind of your background and mentioned that I was a veteran. And so as I started to get my uh, cohort of students um, there wasn't really anything purposeful about it, but I looked at, you know, at the six month mark and I had almost all veterans, um, and they kind of flocked to me and they had all different goals in mind. They, uh, some of them wanted to be, uh, airline pilots. Others, um, were just interested in becoming instructor pilots or just getting the private pilot for their family. And so I really started to, to talk with them and kind of figure out what their stories were. And it started to kind of intrigue me. Um, I think as a veteran, I had always been interested in finding a way to give back to other veterans, and especially after experiencing the transition from active duty, um, it was much more challenging than I had forecasted, and I'd kind of seen the same in my peers, which is when you leave the active duty army, sometimes it almost feels like you're falling off a cliff. It's just a very different lifestyle, um, and trying to figure out how to do networking in the civilian world and what is it that you wanted to do. Um, with your career transition. And so I started to put these pieces together and just realized that um, maybe my way of giving back would be to trying to connect the, at that time, kind of looming pilot shortage um, with the idea of veterans trying to figure out how to transition from the military and to do something um, that they found rewarding and and ultimately that would be a great career path. So that's when the discussion started, um, just really with friends and family of w what would it take to start a not-for-profit and would it be possible to um, tie together the idea of giving scholarships to eligible veterans and then really also tying that with mentorship because just from personal experience, I'd seen how challenging uh, it was to get through certificates and kind of bouncing from flight school to flight school and having to travel across country to get, you know, particular certificates done. Um, and I knew that that, you know, in addition, money was great, but really getting, you know, leadership and mentorship in addition to the money would be our path to trying to really help veterans to succeed. And that's a, you know, it's an amazing thing that you're doing. And that's something that's a great point is that a lot of people, when they come out of the military, they don't know which direction to go in, et cetera. And I, I think some of the things that, you know, little things like, what do I do on my term leave? You know, those type of things. Those are the discussions that people like you can have with them. And I think the whole mentorship is incredibly important. You know, a big part of what we do here at Aviation Careers Podcast, we coach a lot of folks that are rotating out of the military. One thing that I did not realize uh, back when I started this podcast 
podcast was that, you know, really there, a lot of times people are lost. They come out of the military. They, they've been used to this whole community that's no longer there. They're lost in a couple ways. Number one, they lose that community. Number two, they don't know where to go forward in, in, with their careers. And that's what you guys are doing. And I think that's awesome. Uh, and the fact that you're helping out financially with that, is terrific. And uh, and like I said, at stripes2bars.org, uh, some really good information out there have a real great crew. One of the things that's interesting about about your story, when you came out, um, you know, just having that, you know, it's like falling off a cliff. I hear that quite often. Why do you why do you think that is other than some of the things I said? Why do you think that happens when people come out of the military? I really think that uh, having talked to so many different peers, um, and there's a lot of our board that are spread across the United States for our not-for-profit that are the same position, they've transitioned. In our discussions, it really comes down to a combination of factors. Um, One of them is the close-knit structure of the active-duty military. Um, it, It is a very kind of controlled environment. So you're operating, knowing kind of what you're doing, when, and there's a very obvious progression in the rank and the, and the responsibility that you get. So it kind of naturally steps from one place to another. And it's an excellent system for giving people extreme amounts of responsibility um, at relatively young ages, which is you know really what the military needs of its um, officers and, and non-commissioned officers, um, which is great. The problem is that when you transition to the civilian world, um, what you find very quickly is that the structure appears to be much more elusive to you. Like there isn't an obvious kind of ladder stepping stone. Um, and in some regards, uh, military careers that you did easily transition over to the civilian world. And I was very lucky in that regard. I mean, I was already a commercial instrument rated helicopter pilot. So it wasn't like I had to start from scratch. It was just really figuring out how the civilian system worked. In other places, people have excellent military skills that they're either not interested in continuing down that path or they just don't transition well to a civilian equivalent. And so that can make it very difficult. And then the last piece I would say um, is really the, the concept of networking. The military tries to do a great job of helping you transition from the military to the civilian world. But I think in reality, it's just a much bigger task to undertake than can be accomplished during, say, six months as you finish up your military career. And for most of us that feel like we finally have kind of made it into the civilian world and have established careers, you look back on the scope of what networking meant to you, and it's almost mind-boggling how abstract and kind of all-encompassing it becomes to build up a civilian network of, you know, truly friends and peers and acquaintances that um, help you kind of read between the lines so that you look to find opportunities and see when there's market trends and, and different ideas, you know, that you have to, to follow up. Um, so that that whole concept, I think, in totality is really what makes it so hard for veterans to kind of figure out what it is that they want to do and, and how the system works in the civilian world. And by you're putting this together, you're making that easier for them, both in a financial respect, but also more importantly, like you said, with a from a, a you know a mentorship coaching uh, type of respect. Because if you look at in any field, when you have somebody that's helping you and guiding you along, your success rate goes up sometimes sevenfold. It's incredible the statistics. It's really really important to have someone there with you, and and that's one thing that I really commend you for with this uh, what you're doing with stripes to bars. Now if somebody is looking to, uh, and I guess we should back up and say what exactly you're doing for uh, the veterans, and that's uh, basically sponsoring uh, aviation training. So what type of training uh, are they getting? In other words, you're coming out of the military, you may be a helicopter pilot. What type of training would someone like that or somebody who has no experience get? 
So we tried to really keep the opportunities um, as wide as possible. And so, um, you know, I had some great assistance uh, through a program called uh, State Tuition Assistance, and I was eligible because I was in the Colorado, excuse me, the North Carolina National Guard, um, and it allowed me to train um, at a whole bunch of different flight schools across North Carolina. But um, as frequently as seen, one of the um, kind of regulations they put in place is the idea of using 141 schools because there's a lot of vetting that's been pre-done. Um, we really wanted to go through and look at it and say, can we make this as wide an opportunity as possible? Um, I used it for pilot certificates, but really there's nothing within our system. Like we, we're happy to sponsor people that are doing AMP training, dispatch, or anything at all within the aviation industry um, that can be uh, done through like an FA certificate, we're happy to do. And then we don't really have any restrictions also on um, limiting where the money can be used. So although a lot of people do choose to use 141 schools um, for the idea that they have a syllabus and it's kind of straightforward, there's a lot of times that people may not have that opportunity or they live in rural areas um, and the, the flight school right down the street is just a CFI um, that's that's doing training under Part 61. And so we're happy to, to cover all of those and we try to be as open-minded as possible. We have both a career and a non-career track. And really the only difference there is that we try to get people to front load the uh, medical certificate process early because we know that there's a couple different um, noted uh, kind of barriers to entry. And one of the ones that you want to get out of the way is obviously that you're um, medically capable of doing the track that you want to do and you want to learn that information early on. So for non-career, um, we just basically require the third class, um, and at that point, we'll cover private and or, and or instrument um, uh, certificates, and that could be both on fixed wing or rotary wing side, um, or really any other. We haven't had any requests outside of fixed wing or rotary, but there's there's nothing within our system that would prevent that. And then on the career track, we're looking for a first class, um, and and when we do that, we're basically saying now that you could be going after any certificate. And a lot of times we get people that already are holding, say, a commercial and an instrument. And now the next thing they're looking at is a multi-engine or, or some other stepping stone. Um, the last piece I'd mention in that is that there are other funding sources. And we get a lot of questions about uh, the GI Bill. And it's a fantastic tool. And it gets used um, regularly across the United States with veterans. One of the difficulties with that is that it does not cover the private uh, certificate. So if somebody wants to become an airline pilot, and they have have, say, several years of funding available based off of their service, they still have this initial hurdle of a private certificate, which, as everybody knows, could be you know eight to $12,000 um, for a fixed wing. And that could be a, a significant uh, financial burden for somebody who's trying to support their family or, and do this transition from the military. So in that case, we pick it, and now they're eligible for another funding source um, using their, their veteran benefits. You know, there are so many benefits out there for the veterans that they don't know about and vocational rehab being one of them. Uh, what's really interesting, I, I'm not sure if you know how unique your your scholarship is, is that it is so wide. I and mean, there, there's not many out there, many organizations out there that have that that breadth and that depth of scholarships into many different either careers. But also there was something you touched on that a lot of people I think I, I just heard is that it's not necessarily only for career pilots, it's for everybody that wants to actually get out there and fly. So why is that? Why did you decide to go after all pilots, not just those that are looking for a career in aviation? Yeah, it's an excellent question. I mean, it really just came to me um, and during that time that I was being a CFI. And as I mentioned, there were several that were you know, already on track to become airline pilots and had kind of a, a driven vision of what they want to do. But there were several others that um, already had career paths that were doing um, other, you know, either had technical skills or uh, had a career path. 
But in reality, we're still kind of feeling that burden of feeling lost during that first couple of years of leaving the military. And really what I found and what we talked about within our uh, initial company was that they were looking for kind of a, a structure within their lives to assist them in this transition. And it obviously doesn't have to be aviation. I think a lot of times people do it with other areas and other hobbies, martial arts, and, and things that give them um, kind of goals to focus after, uh, progressive levels that they can strive for, have demands on both the mental and the physical side. And in my case, I was finding that aviation was serving that purpose for several of them. So they really enjoyed in this, what they would consider to be a void of transition that now all of a sudden I was giving them a syllabus from a company for ground training and they had to go through and do their workbooks and they had to do their classes, prepare for a written test, um, get ready for the uh, strenuous nature of the actual hands-on flying. It was demanding. It wasn't something that came easily to them. And, and veterans, honestly, are just a very driven group. You know, a lot of times they've, especially in the last 17 years of our country's history, have done some pretty magnificent things um, for their age. And so when they come out into the civilian world, a lot of times they're looking for um, something that's going to challenge them. And I found that aviation met that uh, criteria. So in those cases, they went off to have great lives doing, um, you know, other career paths had nothing to do with aviation, but this served to give them structure. Um, and then meanwhile, we're meeting our goal, which is, uh, I think you've covered it in your, your podcast before. Um, there's just such a decline over the last 30 years of the number of uh, certified pilots, even outside of the commercial realm that if we can manage to give veterans structure in addition to increasing the pilot population, we felt like we were succeeding. And you truly are succeeding. As a matter of fact, you have, a, I think, a lot of people that have success stories with what you're doing with the scholarship. So, you know, a lot of people ask those questions, you know, okay, this is great, but uh, give me an example of how people have benefited from this. Give us a success story. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've got some very smart business-minded people on our board. And from the, from the onset, we kind of approached this, this exact concept, which is there are a lot of organizations out there that ask for corporations or individuals to donate, and then they do something with the money that is kind of like a feel-good thing, and it goes out the door. But that's kind of where the process stops. And so for a lot of times, um, donors um, look at this idea of, you know, kind of effectively return on investment, which is, can we see where the money is going? And so from the very beginning, we wanted to be very, very transparent and um, have the, the previous winners up on our website. We wanted to follow their stories and do um, updates to little news stories as far as, as they made progress. And so if you go to our website, um, we have under the apply tab and then previous winners, um, a whole list. And I'm looking at it right now. And so um, just looking at, say, like the 2018 um, winners, we had two, two winners um, who both um, were very driven uh, veterans. One of them was interested in commercial aviation, and the other one was uh, interested in becoming a CFI and using his skills that way. And both of these guys, you know, we in their cases, five thousand dollars scholarships. They had marked one particular certificate that they were looking to get done, and that was you know completely appropriate. But based on you know the the drive of these veterans, in both of their cases, they were able to accomplish two, if not three certificates with the money that we gave them. One of them is now um, started off with regional airlines. The other one's completed his training and um, is to the instructor world. And so that's exactly what we're looking for and looking to give back to our um, donors so that they can really see like where did their money go and and what did it do. So that way it you know helps us to continue to expand. Um, we don't have like a huge 
um, you know, des- we don't have a desire. Our goal is not to become the biggest not-for-profit in the world. Our desire is to do little things really well. And so each year we're growing and the growth, you know, is, is slowly becoming more on the exponential side. And that's what we're looking for. And, and we're lucky to have a, you know, excellent group of all volunteer staff that are capable of managing this process, the scholarship process each year, the mentorship piece, um, and, and basically giving back uh, 97% of what we get currently is going right back to veterans with 3%, you know, maintaining our, our website and the other, you know, small things that we have to do to keep the program going. Those are some great numbers. And uh, I really, again, commend you for what you're doing. Now, one of the things that I think is important is that we, you know, when, when we're sitting here listening to this, there are some people that have already made it in their careers and it's important. And I tell everybody this is to give back, but there is a way to do that. If you want to help a veteran, there there's a way that they can give back. So if I'm listening to this right now, Clayton, and I want to help, what can I do? I would say that it kind of uh, boils down to three different uh, areas. And what I would really say is an individual, certainly um, I feel the same way. You know, I look back at my career and, and, you know, the time I have left to fly and I feel like I've made it and I'm, um, you know, happy with my experiences and I'm, I'm proud of what I've accomplished. And so certainly looking at an individual to donate, if you just go to the website and you click the tab on the top right and it says donate. There's a, a method by which to do a one-time donation. There's a method by which to do reoccurring donations, which is usually a good option because it's maybe a smaller amount. But in an annual time frame, you're, you're giving a pretty substantial gift that can be grouped into a larger scholarship and, and awarded to a veteran. Um, we have a lot of veterans out there um, or aviation uh, professionals who have made it and they um, have a substantial role in a business, a successful business. And so one of the other things we've looked at that works really well for us is the idea of corporations or businesses contributing. We often um, encourage kind of $2,500 or $5,000 annually, or it can be on a reoccurring basis. And at that level, we really can name the scholarship after the company. And so a lot of times that can be helpful for the company because they want to give back um, and they have the ability to be able to be connected to a particular veteran that wins their award. And and that can be really beneficial for the company and the employees of the company to see what they're doing. Um, And then lastly, mentorship. So if you've made it in your career, and that's everywhere from um, rotary aviation to being a airline pilot, then as our pool of winners grows over the years, then we're always looking for um, people who are interested in mentorship. And so we have a great mentorship committee that manages that. And if you just email, um, there's a contact button that's on our website and you just email saying that you're interested, they'll add you to our list of mentors. And then as we award each um, scholarship group each year, then we're always looking for people that are um, good fits as far as where the mentor is um, in their career compared to where the scholar is hoping to go, as well as potentially geographically being in the same area. So you can meet in person and have coffee and ask questions about things that come up. So those are really the three areas to get back. And, and we can't say enough for all the people that have contributed and mentored up to this point. You know, one of the things I really love about Stripes to Bars and your organization, this speaks volumes, by the way, about, about you and the other folks uh, working there, is, uh, you know, in your frequently asked uh, questions page, one of the things that comes up, are there other scholarships available for flight training? And I love the fact that you do make people aware of, uh, you know, this may not be for me. I may not be able to apply. Say I just stumbled upon this and I'm not a veteran. Uh, what others are there available? And uh, and you do mention a lot of the other organizations. Obviously, we have the scholarships guide. And, you know, we always say we have over 50 million in scholarships, but it's actually grown quite a bit since then. There are so many scholarships out there. And what's cool is that you actually point people in that direction 
question and and you have so many other really neat questions that are asked uh you know do i have to have a degree that type of thing so i really highly recommend anybody who's interested to go out there but i I would say that i think the really cool thing about you guys and it says a lot uh to you as a person and also your organization is the fact that you are very inclusive of everybody uh and as far as aviation is concerned and hats off to you on that one that's for sure um Going forward, though, uh, and you know, I know, say I want to help out a little bit, I can do that and help out with a scholarship or as a corporation. Where do you think this is going to go? Where's uh, Stripes to Bars headed for the future? What we're hoping to do is just continue um, the growth model that we've had so far, which is um, looking really good. Last year, we were able to give out five scholarships, um, and it was in the $17,500 range. And cumulatively, I think over the last three years, we're around $27,500. Um, this year, you know, we continue to do this is still our giving season while the scholarship is going, uh, while the scholarship period is open. And so closing out right around uh, April or May of this year, we basically need to look at how many funds we have and how many potential scholars and then award people appropriately. Um, we have hopes right now just on the trend that we're at that we could possibly give out $30,000 just this year which would be fantastic, and then continue that growth model into the, the future um, for the following years. Um, really where we're looking to go is uh, we've put so much work into the systems um, and building the systems first in our, in our organization, which is um, anybody who fills out the application online um, will see how much work went into really trying to maintain a solid product um, so that we can, you know, award people appropriately for um, their service and and their um, their experience, and then that really allows us to continue to grow. I would say that at a certain point, if stripes to bars crosses the threshold, then we'll have to get the point where we might have to go through and actually have um, full-time employees that go through and manage and and review scholarships and stuff. And we have so many people that are on our board right now that um, are kind of excited about that future, and they're happy about the work that they're doing um, out there in the world in a in a plethora of different um, career paths, but we have several people that are really interested that if the business continues to grow to that level, um, would be excited on taking on uh, more full-time uh, employment to go through and, and manage the program. So we really honestly don't have goals. We've kind of set it up um, so that as long as we're helping people, and like I said, doing small things really well, that we're happy um, that we're helping veterans. And so our future is really just kind of to wait and see what level of financial support comes in and, and therefore you know, directly how many veterans we can help. Well, I'm excited about your future, and I think you're doing a great job, and uh, every little bit counts, and I love the fact that you've grown. One of the questions I'm sure we'll get is, you know, who can apply and uh, where can I be? Do I have to reside in Colorado or in the United States, and uh, do I have to, can I still be, you know, active duty? Can I be, you know, in the reserves, et cetera? So answer some of those questions if you don't mind. Absolutely. Yeah. So in in our same mindset of trying to keep it as open as possible, really um, what we're doing through is uh, the widest definition we can for veterans. And that would be those that are currently serving on active duty, those that are currently in the National Guard, those that um, have been discharged. And uh, for discharge status, it's really anything other than dishonorable uh, discharge makes you eligible. Um, And so it's a really wide group. um, And we just recently have kind of gone through and done the review And at this point, uh, we're basically saying that anybody who meets the criteria I just listed for any of the eight federal uniform services. Um, So it's a pretty wide array of individuals that would qualify. And if there's anybody that has any particular questions that don't uh, that aren't answered by our frequently asked questions, then um, certainly just reach out to us via the contact on our email and we'll try to get a direct answer back to you. 
Awesome. Well, we appreciate that. Bye, Clayton. You are you are a busy person. That's for sure. Uh, you also are in, in involved in the corporate world too. And, and there's so much more as far as your flying is concerned. Uh, I know we, we don't have a lot of time left here, but you know what? I'd love to invite you back to talk actually about your flying and your career. I'd love to have you back on again, Clayton. Awesome. I would be happy to come back. Thank you so much, Carl. And by the way, is there anything else uh, we need to mention as far as the, the scholarships and uh, anything with stripes to bars or, or even possibly advice for those people that are, are on the fence and thinking about doing it? I I believe we've covered, you know, one of the big things we talked about looking for is just continued support. And I think that um, we, we've definitely covered that. And we look forward to the support that we receive in this year and the years to come. The other piece I'd say as far as just getting started, um, it really does come down. If aviation is your interest, um, it, it really comes down to like just taking the first step. And so um, I've heard it on your podcast before, but you really have to um, as veterans, one of the things I would say that sometimes works against us is that we love to plan and we love to execute the perfect plan. And in civilian aviation, it's sometimes a little bit more messy than, uh, than we forecast. And it's difficult. And the aircraft that you um, were thinking you were going to do your training in or the CFI that you're hoping to work with is suddenly gone or, or gone off to another career. And so I, I'm just a big advocate when I give my mentoring advice that you take the step, first step, which could be doing a discovery flight this weekend. Um, you go from there and you try to have like a, a general plan, but one that's not so rigid that it's hard to execute. And you just basically find yourself two weeks down the road and now your solo is done. And now you're getting to the end of your private certificate and you're on to the next one. And, and it really does get easier um, for anybody who's ever taken um, written test after written test, you get better at the process, you get better at taking check rides. Um, so that's the best advice that we've seen from our end. And, and just me personally is, you know, just start taking the steps and, and you'll be amazed where you can get. Well, Clayton, that's some, some great advice. They can find you at stripestobars.org. And, uh, and if you're listening right now, you have any questions for Clayton, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. We will floor them on. But also, remember, you can go out to stripestobars.org, find out more information. By the way, I think that, that frequently asked question page is really good. So if you have questions, go out there. Also, another thing, we talk about scholarships. We actually will be including this website and their scholarships in the new scholarships guide coming out next month. So look for it there. And one of the things I really think is important that Clayton said is you really need to think about what you're going to do in the future and and then take that first step to move forward in your career and in your life. And it really, I know it sounds, you know, I talk about it a lot, but it's really, it's something that I think is incredibly important because in both my career and my business career and in this aviation career, I found that that was the hardest thing is taking that step. And it doesn't have to be a big one. It can be just opening up a web browser, checking out stripestobars.org, sending an email, talking to a friend, or it can be really, really big, like applying for the scholarship and sitting down and, and putting that together. And that is something I really want you to do. Another thing I want you to do is check out our new YouTube channel. Actually, it's been out there for a while, expertaviator.com, and uh, it's also on YouTube. We're going to put more uh, videos out there about applying for scholarships and not just instructional videos as far as flying airplanes, etc. cetera. Uh, but hey, Clayton, I really appreciate your coming here. I can't wait to talk to you again. Uh, on a future episode. It was my pleasure, and I look forward to that, Carl. Thanks so much. And if you're listening right now, and you really are somebody that's uh, coming out of the military, thinking about uh, rotating out, you're on term leave, etc., great resources here at stripes2bars.org. But the most important thing I want you to do is I want you to take that small step right now. After you stop this podcast, 
and move forward in your career by doing the research, calling a friend, etc. Take one step today to move forward in your career. That is the most important. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler, all rights reserved.